Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com In today's app, we chat independence versus codependence and how to navigate both extremes in the context of relationship. We reco a non-alcoholic cocktail replacement and a recent read, and Jordana guesses the celebrity natal chart of a comedian turned actor turned motivational spiritual teacher. We wrap up the app talking birthdays in ISO. I actually have no idea who that is, Holly. Is it a male or a female? Male, and as soon as it lands, you'll be like, Oh, oh, of course. Oh, wow. I'm excited. Are you just not going to tell me till the end? I mean, till yeah. we guess? Okay, Keep great. Okay, fun. Yay. Talk to me about your highlight of the week, Jord, before we get the app today. I don't even remember this week. What happened? Oh, I ran a, um, I ran a yin and intention setting circle for my lunar lover members under the Taurus new moon. That was really fun. There's something really special about setting intentions when you're doing some sort of physical movement that helps you kind of embody the practice. It's really nice. I'm so excited to do that class today because I missed out. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do it this afternoon, I think before wine night, to just really drop into the space. Oh, so good. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. And what was the highlight of your week? Probably the same, hosting a workshop last night, Jordan. This is totally coincidental that Jordan and I were both doing similar things, but um, I hosted a Vino and Vision Board workshop and had about 50 women join me live. And it was so beautiful just seeing everyone's creations come to life and teaching in a way that I haven't in a very long time. So it's actually been a gift of isolation for me to even come up with that concept, not come up, I guess, rebirth it. Um, Yeah. That felt really good. Awesome. So, so good. Were people, were were most of the people doing like physical vision boards with magazines or was it like Pinterest type boards? I would say probably a 50-50 cut. I was actually impressed with how many people had boards and magazines, but lots of people had said they'd bought their supplies to do with their friends this year and it just because of life hadn't Uh, happened yet. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. now, today's at Jord, we decided to bring to the table because it's been conversations we've been having with each other, with our friends, and with listeners who have been messaging you and I. And this is around the the idea of can you be an independent woman and still want to be in a relationship? Yeah, it's interesting. It's come up for me a lot. I don't know if we spoke about it on the potty. I get so confused between potty conversation, personal conversation, and middle membership conversation, but (laughs) I'll just say it again. (laughs) Um, What's come up for me a lot during ISO is I um, am so in, I'm so independent and I don't mind being on my own. In fact, I love it. So I don't, I very rarely get lonely. But what I've realized is it's okay to be okay being alone, but it's also okay to not want to be alone. 
Yes, you know, absolutely. And that's the piece. It's like uh, what, what? So what I've realized is, I'm happy to be an independent woman, but I can still be an independent woman and be with somebody else. That doesn't make me less independent. Absolutely. And this is something that I've seen come up in a lot of the readings I've been doing recently, George. So it must be a reflection point for many women in isolation right now, feeling into that and going, no, I'm okay on my own, but I want to be in a relationship. And that's okay. It's giving yourself permission to want it. Yeah. And I think a lot of women that we know, and and I'm definitely one of these sort of A-type personalities, is it's almost frowned on as a weakness, you know? It's considered a weakness to want to feel like you want to be in a relationship. And I know for me that weakness arose because the longest relationship I've had was a very codependent relationship. And Mm. when I got out of that relationship, I was like, never again, because it took me so long to heal, never again will I have to depend on someone else. And it's been it's been tricky in relationships since because sometimes I've been a little bit too extreme with my independence so as not to become codependent that it's not very attractive to people. So it's totally. sort of like finding that in-between kind of... Um, that middle ground. Yeah. Well, on reflection for me in my relationship, I am so codependent mm. in a lot of ways and it's... It's it's not been something intentional, obviously. You don't set out to be codependent in a relationship. But I feel like it's been this slow encroaching of our lives are so entwined that uh, my sister made a comment a while ago where she was over and looking at the way that I was like, she was asking me questions about how to use the oven and random things around the house. And I was like, oh, no, Trent does that. Trent will do that. And she's like, Hole, you are so dependent on him to do these things for you. Like, What would you do if Trent wasn't here? And do you remember when he went to Japan for two weeks and I had like nervous (laughs) breakdowns every day? I recall. But also, Hole, like in your defense, I have to say that you and Trenny are very independent. Like you both have very separate lives and you have separate friends and you do things separately when that, do you remember when we were allowed to do things? (laughs) Yes. I know. <laughs> you guys used to do them separately. So in a way, yeah, there's definitely codependence in that there's a lot that maybe you don't know how to do and because Trent does it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but you do still have your own life, which I think is also something that can get lost in a codependent relationship. I agree with that. And actually, John, it's interesting you say that because when people do ask, oh, what's your secret to, you know, 12 years in relationship, my biggest thing that always comes up first is have your own lives, have your own friends and your own hobbies and go on holidays without one another if you can, you know, that I know has been a big, big um, benefit of the longevity in our relationship. But it's just interesting to reflect because I think I – I would be if I were single. I mean, I just can relate so much to the needing to be able to do it on my own and be okay on my own. And it's almost like that type A high achiever mentality in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's having to prove something to somebody, inverted commas, like who are you proving yourself to? Like are you proving yourself yourself to yourself or are you proving yourself to your ex-lover or are you proving yourself, you know, like it's, well, I, I'm interested in how this is impacting our, our energy vibrationally and in turn impacting who we're calling into our space. So if we're in the position of independent woman, I can do this on my own. Yeah, a relationship's cool, but 
I'm I'm so fine on my own. Is that then impacting the energy we're emitting? And is that why maybe it's more difficult to call somebody in? Like, are they feeling into that energy as a blockage? I think, I mean, I don't know if I could make a sweeping generalized statement about it, but yeah, I, I would say so. I would say if we're making excuses for why we're independent and um, I'm doing, you know, I'm independent because I don't need that. It's like, but it's okay. It's okay to desire it. Like that's all right. Yes. And, and it's kind of like neutralizing the desire, you know, so you might not need it. Your life might not be dependent on it, but can you become non-attached to it? So it's like, it doesn't matter either way. Oh, I like that piece. It's almost like a need versus want and they're different things. It's like you can want to be in a relationship with someone. That's okay. Your world's not going to end if you're not, but you can also still want that. Yeah. Like, yes, this is one of those circumstances where it's better to be wanting for something than to be needing something. Mm. Yeah. So how does one shift into that place of, you know, because I can imagine if it's just innately in you to show up as I'm independent and I've got this covered, how do you kind of soften that energy, I guess? If if any of the listeners are wanting to kind of soften their independence, they're recognising, mm. yeah, this is me, I, I do want to be in a relationship, yeah. but I've put up these walls, how do they go around doing that, George? I would get curious um, with yourself and ask yourself why independence is so important to you. Like, where has it come from? Mm. Um, and I think what is so important is the only way we know how independent we are is when we're actually testing it in a relationship. And and that's where my real tests have come because, like I said, I used to take it to the extreme and then sometimes I'll let my walls down a little bit and try and not fall into codependence, obviously, but just not be so fiercely independent that I can't include someone else in my life. Mm. And sometimes that hasn't worked in my favor, I think, because they're so initially attracted to the independent. So it, there is this like, ah. there is this real softening that needs to take place. So there's not such a stark contrast between the two, you know? Yeah, it's not a drastic drop into one energy from another. Yeah, and I think if you can say to yourself, I'm okay on my own, but I'm also okay wanting to be with somebody else. It doesn't make me less of a person. Mm. It doesn't mean that in a relationship I'm not my own person. It just means I want to share my life with somebody else. Totally. And do you know what? It's interesting because I'm reflecting on times where I've brought independent Holly into relationship with Trent, particularly in the early days and like moments where he'd want to pay for dinner and I'd be like, no, no, I've got this. And those sorts of things where it's like sometimes stepping back and allowing them, your partner, to actually lead, to take a little bit of ownership, to take control in those little ways, it's actually really beneficial for the relationship dynamic. So in you showing up as independent, no, I've got this, my shout, I'm doing this, it almost is, um, it, it results in polarity where there's no mask or femme balance. Mm. So it is almost like a, an invitation to just drop a little bit more into that feminine energy and allowing in this context, it's obviously man and woman, boyfriend, girlfriend, but partner to take the lead a little bit more and actually be the one in control because it is a control thing as well right yeah it is and I you know we all know how I suffer with control (laughs) but it's hard I mean that paying thing's a really good example hole I know when I'm dating I always offer to pay we've talked about this before I always offer to pay and then if they insist then I let them and then I try and get the next one but I can never not 
I can never not offer because I feel that almost feels like a value system for me. Like that yeah. almost feels beyond mask and femme. It's like, yeah. no, my value is to be equal with finances. And then if they want to step in, then I'll allow it. But I wouldn't feel okay vibrationally if I didn't offer. Yes. And this is this has come up in a couple of episodes now, George, recently talking about the value system and how once you're clear on your values, then you can that can just be kind of a benchmark as to how you're showing up. So in the context of independence versus codependence, I guess it's mainly in the context of relationship. Is it literally as simple as writing down, these are the things that I value in relationship and this is how I want to show up? Yeah, totally. And I only did that last year for the first time. Like, I I don't know where I was getting my value systems from. I guess like what I thought we should value or like Mm. what other people valued or, yeah, I don't know. So I... I, I would suggest sitting down and writing your values when it comes to finances, your values when it comes to relationships, your values when it comes to friendships and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Because I think once you're clear on what your values are, then you can see when they're in alignment with another or when they're being seriously compromised. Totally. And whether the compromisation is happening from your doing or from the other person and then what you can do to get rid of them. (laughs) I don't think compromisation is a word, (laughs) but I love your confidence. Thank you so much. So what about, let's let's flip it, in the context of being in a codependent relationship or recognising, oh, I'm a little bit codependent here. Like, I guess, what does codependency look slash feel like? Well, you tell me because you've just claimed codependence. Yeah. For me, for me, when I realised it this week, I'm like, oh, God, I'm really codependent. I went to call Trent for the stupidest thing and I was like, Holly, you can figure this out on your own. And I think that that's the piece. It's like just relying on... It's, it's in my nature to outsource things to people and it's just relying on the other person to do things that you could do, but it's easier for them to do it. That's my version of codependence. I'm sure that's not the case for everyone. Yeah, I think codependence can go a little bit deeper in that somebody becomes your source of validation, somebody becomes your willingness to accept, somebody becomes your emotional barometer, Um, somebody becomes your reliance on whether you're happy or not happy. Yes. That's codependence. And that's the kind of relationship I was stuck in. It was like, well, if we're fighting, then I can't possibly be happy in the rest of my life. Or if he disagrees with me, then I'm wrong. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And 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 it's not enoughness as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a worthy piece. Absolutely. When I realized that I was no longer practicing codependent relationships has been probably in the last few years, whenever I've either been dating someone or in a relationship with someone and we're fighting or, or there's some sort of emotional something Mm. going on, I realized that I can feel something in that relationship and still continue with the rest of my life. I can still do work. I can still show up for my friends. I can still laugh about stuff. Yes. And it's not actually affecting everything else. But when I was in the codependent relationship, if anything broke down there, my whole life fell apart. Yes. You're a whole person and you're in a relationship, but that's not ruling your whole world. No. 
I love that. Okay. Well, with that in mind, I guess there would be people that could relate to being in a codependent relationship with family, with friends. Like it's not just romance, right? Absolutely not. I think a lot of people are in codependent relationships with their family, like their parents and their siblings. Yes, absolutely. And it's almost um, that nature of needing to, it's almost the parents being codependent on their children. I've seen it play out in lots of different ways, but needing to parent the parent and that aspect as well, uh, which I can't imagine because obviously not having been a parent yet, how challenging it would be not to put all of your love and investment and worth and all of those stories into raising a child and then them growing and then them leaving, it would just be like a breakup on another level. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I guess your child perhaps, I mean, I don't know, we're not psychologists, I can't say any of this, but I would imagine that your children at some point become your identity. Yes. And then when they go off and have their independent lives, it's like, well, who am I now? I've, I've given everything to you. And now yeah. who am I? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that play out with um, a few mothers that like I know, like mothers of friends and those sorts of things where it, it's exactly that story and it's like, oh, now it's time to re-identify and who am I again? And I guess I guess that's a really beautiful opportunity for growth and and a remembering of self. Uh, and similarly, I, I guess, I'm assuming when you go through a breakup, there's the pain of that, but then there's the growth on the other end. you've never been through a breakup. <laughs> Do you want to hear my only ever breakup story? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so it was my boyfriend before Trent and I was in year 11 at this time, guys. So I would have been like 17 and we'd been dating for like three or four months and he'd just come to family Christmas. Oh. Yeah, he'd just like met the family, like met my grandparents, like it was legit. And this was like, so Christmas is the 20, it was Christmas Eve that he came, so 24th, 26th. On the 27th of January, of December, he sends me these messages and I'm like, oh, it's coming. And he's one of his best friends, who's Em's husband, thanks, Tom, rang me and gave me the heads up. Just so you know, X is on the way to break up with you. And I was like, why? We had such a fun time at Christmas. And he was like. What happened? He got back with his ex-girlfriend. Oh, God. It was one of those things where it was out of nowhere. And he, I remember being on the driveway and he drove up at the bottom of the driveway and I stood at the top and my thing was, I'm not going to cry. And I didn't cry until I went inside. Were you heartbroken? Yeah. I was absolutely gutted. Like, yeah. absolutely gutted. For, and Because it was my first ever, like, oh my God. love experience. First heartbreak know? is the worst. Yeah, yeah. And it took a while to get over, which is funny. But then I met Trent, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. It's my only breakup Trent story. Trent was a rebound guy. <laughs> a year later, do you know what? Do you know what my bloody what I did? I was like, okay, right. Th- this means no guys for the whole of year twelve. I'm going to focus on the HSC and getting good marks. And so for the whole of year twelve, that was my rule to myself, and it worked. By the end of year twelve, I met Trent. Good. It's a great <laughs> happy ending story. Yeah. So I don't remember I get- my first heartbreak. Oh, don't you? No. I'd love to hear it. It wasn't my first boyfriend. Like, we were together three years, but it ended quite amicably. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know who it would have been. I've had so much heartbreak in my life. I guess the guy after that. Yeah. Yeah. But heartbreak is such a funny thing because, you know, I remember, not with that guy, but the next one who was my longest-term boyfriend, and that was just so tumultuous, but... 
I remember at 20, God, I must have been about 25 then, a 30-year-old woman who I worked with, she said to me, oh, honey, I know this feels really hard now, but you're going to go through lots of heartbreak in your lifetime <gasps> and you will recover from this. And I understand what she's saying because I'm, I'm pretty sure I've said that to a 25-year-old before. Like you do, you go through so much heartbreak and you do recover, you know, but at the time I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I only want one heartbreak and I want it to be this and I want it to be over with. Yeah, and I did. I was like, next guy has to be forever because I will not experience that ever again. And I didn't date for three years. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was like, I can't. Oh, actually, the one after that, I didn't date for three years because I was like, I can't do this again. Like, I'm broken. But I wasn't broken. No, you're never broken. Do you feel, and this could be totally off, but do you feel that your level of codependency in a relationship dictates how heartbroken you are when that relationship ends? Or do you feel like it's got nothing to do? No, of course. It has everything to do with it because your level of heartbreak is your um, ability to put yourself back together. And Mm. I think if you have if you are your own person and you are a whole person, then yeah, it's still going to hurt and you're still going to feel grief and you're still going to feel pain. And this is what I went through last year whole. Like I felt all those feelings, Mm. but I still got on with my life and I still belly laughed with you and I still produced good work and I still wrote a book and I, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the difference. You can still feel grief. You've lost someone. You can still feel pain. It hurts, but you're not, falling apart you haven't been shattered into a million pieces when you're codependent and you come out of that relationship and you've lost them you've lost everything yeah because they're the other half right inverted commas your other half and it's like well I can't possibly function without another my other half you know so no you are one whole human and you yeah you chose to be with another whole human yeah Mm, interesting I hope I never experience heartbreak again again (laughs) who am I (laughs) That one time when I was 16 was really bad, guys. (laughs) Well, I hope you never do as well. And, I, you know, I never wish heartbreak on anybody. But I do have to say that I think the most growth I've done in my lifetime has been through broken hearts. Yeah. And and ending of relationships. They teach you so much, so much. Mm, mm. This is quite topical now, Joy, because I have been noticing lots of relationships are ending at the moment and during ISO yeah yeah and I've yeah like people like friends and friends of friends and I've just been witnessing it happen and there's nothing I guess what I want to say to people who are in that right now is just coming is there's nothing to be ashamed of a relationship ending isn't a failure yeah this is it's just a it's a natural like we talk about all the times things are seasonal it's cyclical and this is one of those times and I feel right now in ISO everything is heightened and amplified so I can only imagine that a breakup or heartbreak would feel even more intense having to process in such a unique space you know I think also a lot of the time when a breakup happens that wasn't your um doing that you didn't initiate or instigate I think the the best thing you can do is fall into that state of surrender and I know that's really hard but it's almost like the universe is saying to you this was not the path for you Mm. and we've had to remove this from your path because there are better things waiting for you but when you hold on and you keep going back and you try and make it work and you force it and there's resistance 
it's never going to play out the way that you want it to. And I say that through experience. You cannot yeah. force this stuff. No, absolutely not. It's the hardest thing in the world to surrender, but it has the, it, it, it kind of is the easiest way to move through it at yeah. the same time. And like Holly said, if you think about the cycles, a breakup is a death cycle. So a breakup is something coming to an end and there is always a rebirth after it, always. Yeah. And it's exciting to see what comes after it because a breakup right? happens for a reason, right? Like a breakup happens because there's either problems in the relationship or perhaps there's been infidelity or, you know, it's just not working or whatever it might be. But that's an indication that a death needs to occur and change needs to take place. Totally. And the, and we know what happens with our systems when we feel change, we get scared because it feels like danger because it's different, but that's just our biological response. And actually change in and discomfort in that change is where the growth happens. So it always is working in our favor, even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I agree. So Jord, what are you reckoning this week? a book that I'm actually still reading I've got I've got maybe like three more chapters to go but um I'm running out of recos in isolation (laughs) it's really good it's it's a Reese um with a spoon book club pick so you know it's gonna be good and it's everywhere so I'm I'd be surprised if you guys haven't read it but it's called such a fun age by Kylie Reid um it's an interesting book because it's really fun. Like, it's quite fun to read. It's an easy read. Um, but at the heart of it, it's about white privilege. So it's quite confronting because, mm. it, because it is an enjoyable read, but it, it sparks debate, yeah? Mm. And I think for me, it, I found it confronting because there are a lot of things happening in the book that I do. Yeah, and don't even realize that it's coming from a white privileged place. Totally, and so it was. I, I love it. Like, I think it's a great book. I can't wait to finish it. Um, and I can't wait to read her other work because she's just a brilliant writer. Great, so highly cool. recommend. Well, I'm going to read it and then we can discuss it because it sounds like one of those book club type books, you know, where it you is. have to read it and then talk about and it and then talk about it. It's um, it's very much. Yeah, it's very topical for right now. And I've only, it's only been three nights and I've almost finished it. So it's like, it's, it's super easy to get through. I like the way she spells Kylie too. It's, I've never seen it spelled like that before in my life. Oh yeah. K-I-L-E-Y. Oh yeah. Cool. Kylie. So cool. (laughs) Cool with a K. Cool with a K for Kylie. (laughs) What's your record this week? Um, so disclaimer, I did receive some of these as a little gift in the post, but I'm loving them, George. Okay. So the brand is Liars, L-Y-R-E-S, and they produce non-alcoholic spirits. Oh, beautiful. So they're literal spirits that you can make mocktails from and they send you all the recipes. So if you don't, don't want to drink but you're having a cheese board on a Sunday Arvo and you want to feel like you're having a cocktail, this is literally what I do, I make one of their Aperol spritzes. And, George, I don't know how they do it. Clearly a lot of sugar and artificial shit. But their Italian spritz mixed with soda water is an Aperol spritz. Amazing. Blows my mind. So they've got all sorts of different options. They have a dry London spirit, which is like a gin. Uh, They've got American malt whiskey, uh, aperitifs, 
And they've even got uh, the coffee liqueur for um, espresso martinis. So, so yeah, good. really cool. So if you're if you're not drinking at the moment or you just want to scale back and you're drinking, they're a beautiful alternative for a mocktail iso beverage. Iso beverage. You know what um, a non-alcoholic spirit I really love? Yes, yeah, Seedlip. Have you tried the Seedlip drinks? I haven't tried Seedlip, but Trent has, and yeah. he tried liars and seed lip and he prefers liars interesting because yeah. seed lip is actually gin it's just all the alcohols taken out of it yeah i think that that's what he said that seed lip actually distill or yeah. they yeah it, the alcohol's removed but and um, it's all the yeah. botanicals so there's no crap in it there's no sugars yes. and no nothing it's really nice well this there's definitely sugars in it but it's that it's really cool i definitely recommend love it does it, do they come in like big spirit bottles or do they come yeah, in like they're big. little ones? What size are they? They're, no, they're pretty big. Uh, let's see if I can see the size. 700 mil bottles. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. awesome. All right, awesome. great. Good record. Thanks, gal. So before we dive into this week's Celebrity Natal Chart, George, we did say last week when talking about Queer Eye that we do JVNs, but he doesn't have a rising sign. So I still would love for you to have a guess at his sun and moon, but then I've got a full natal chart for you to guess afterward. Okay. But just so everyone's clear, he does have a rising sign. We just don't know what it is. This is correct. We don't know what time (laughs) he was born. (laughs) Okay. I've been thinking about this all week because I love him so much and I've got two very clear thoughts of what's going on first is that there's definitely fire and there's definitely water because he's so overly emotional but he's also so over the top am i right you are bang on yeah 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 (laughs) i know i can feel it in my bones so i've just got to work out what's what i reckon it's a um i reckon it's a fire sun because that's what we see that's what he portrays no and a water moon reverse oh really i know it's wild are you sure yeah okay um okay so a water a water sun oh wait okay i think the fire moon is aries because i'll tell you why and i think his rising is leo and we just don't know it but I think it's Aries because – is it Aries? It is. It is, it is Aries. Yeah. I think yeah. it's Aries because he's fiery, but he's also very childlike in the way that he expresses things. Totally. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Aries moon. Aries moon. Okay. It's either Cancer or Pisces. It's definitely not Scorpio. Correct. It's not Scorpio. Okay. Oh. Pisces. Yeah. Yes. Good job. He's I was... very transparent. <laughs> oh, I was so surprised by it. Oh, were you? Yeah. What would you have guessed? I really just thought Leo or Gemini. Oh, but... yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think his rising might be Gemini. Yeah. Not yeah. Leo. Because he's very um, he's very chatty. Like Very chatty. Yeah. He's got to have an air placement for sure. But that, that was a fun, brief one. Okay, so that's not that's not the that's one. not it. Your okay. natal chart for this week: the comedian turned actor turned spiritual teacher, Russell Brand. Oh yeah! Oh, I love Russell Brand. I know you do. I'm so excited about this one. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Oh my god. I don't even know where to start. 
Okay, he's definitely got air in his chart. Yes. And it's definitely Gemini. Yes. I don't know if it's his son, because I feel like I'd know if he was a Gemini. Um, Is it his son? Yeah. Yeah, wow. He's a Gemini. When's his birthday? The 4th of June. Oh, my God. That's two days before my birthday. I know. The 4th of June at midnight, so he just got in there. Oh, my God. I love him. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, so he's got, like, revolutionary something in him. So there's either Aquarius or Capricorn in there. What is it going to be? He's got that leader quality, you know. Actually, it's more it's more leader than like it's more leader than like crazy rebellious radical. So I'm going to go Capricorn. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know where to put it. <laughs> Let's just keep it there. <laughs> um. Okay. So the other thing, what have I got? I've got rising and moon. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got fire. Has he got fire? He does. He does. Okay, okay, okay. So he hasn't got any water then? Nope. Oh, I thought maybe he did. I kind of felt a bit kind of cancery vibes for some reason. But that's wrong. Okay. So he's got a... F- oh. Is the Capricorn the rising? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because that's what I can see. What is that moon? I mean, my gut wants to say it's Leo. Nope. But it's not. Mm-mm. I don't feel like it's Sag. Is it Aries? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was pretty good. You I know Russell Brand well. so well. I know. I have a bit of a crush on him. I was actually surprised that we hadn't done him yet. I know. Yeah. I feel, like I, say, I feel like I say I have a crush on every celebrity that we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine i agree he's quite sexy have you seen him and his wife together in their videos they're releasing in iso no oh my god they love each other so much it is well you know that she was his high school sweetheart really yeah and then they went and and dated other people or maybe college sweetheart or something and then they dated other people and married other people and then they found each other again i love that yeah. she's beautiful and they've just got the most precious love dynamic it's so cute they were making shadow puppets in the video I watched Oh, cute! <laughs> so cute. she wrote a book on art and it's like 50 things to do at home with the kids and then he's like showing the book all proud and going oh who's this dedicated to oh that's me and it's just oh, so cute. it's really sweet yeah I've heard really wonderful things about both of them being super down to earth because you know mm. they were in Byron for a while just before the pandemic hit that's right. Yeah. That's right. Wild. Yeah. Good one, George. Well yeah, that was fun. So good. So, Hull, it was Trent's 30th this week. How did his birthday in ISO go? Look, it went as well as a birthday in ISO can. And I think for me, I really wanted to make it super special because it was his 30th. And we'd planned to do, you know, a big elaborate party. And I wanted to take him to Hawaii and all these things where it's just like, no. Uh, So he worked the whole day uh, and I spent it making carrot cake. And by the time this airs, it will have been his surprise Zoom party. So we're we're doing that tomorrow with all of his friends. And we've all submitted cocktails that I've typed up on a typewriter. I haven't done that yet. (laughs) 
all right, send me your cocktail now. I'm doing that this afternoon. Um, but yeah, the the cocktail recipes because you guys know he loves to like loves creative drinks. So I'm using my typewriter to type up all the recipes and give him a book at the surprise Zoom party tomorrow. And then we're going to make the cocktails and it's it's all of these little gestures and plans. But to be honest, Jordan, when he got home from work and I had all the presents laid on the table and I had a little cheese board out for him and we popped some champagne, I ended up crying and he was like, what's wrong? I'm like, and why are you making this about you? It's my and- party and I'll cry <laughs> if I want to. No, Holly, it's my party. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with you. And guys, that's why I was crying. No. <laughs> he deserves a really special, special day and it just was like so... I just got upset for him, but also it made me think about all of the people in isolation, regardless of if it's your 30th, your 21st, your 18th, or just another birthday that aren't able to celebrate in like the ways that they had planned. It was, we had a beautiful night. Don't get me wrong. We sat out by the fire pit and we ordered takeaway from our favorite Italian down the road and we drank whiskey and it was all very beautiful. Um, But at the same time, and maybe it will be different after we have the party with everyone on Saturday and we get to see people. Um, But I asked him, I said, did it feel like your birthday? And he was like, look, all of this is so special, but it doesn't really feel like my 30th that's for sure and it's like oh it made my heart break yeah that is sad yeah so I guess the conversation we wanted to have is like how do you create special moments for the people in your life who are experiencing their birthday or a big occasion in isolation and the benefit was Trent and I were together but I can imagine there are people who aren't even having that luxury of being able to spend time with their loved ones you know Mm. Yeah, so it's what tricky. If, I don't know. If, if your birthday was in isolation, which he's hoping it isn't, George, but I know, it could be. what would you hope for? Like what would be like nice little surprises that would make your day? Lots of deliveries. Yes. Yeah. I want flower deliveries. I want fruit box deliveries. I want presents. Hampers. No, no, no. I mean, look, I would be happy with Zoom conversations with people and probably getting drunk on lots of different Zoom party calls. Mm. Um, I think it's hard. I don't know. I don't know what would satisfy me personally because mm-hmm. I'm such a big birthday person. Totally. Um, but and- if, I, if I wanted to do stuff for my friends, yeah, I'd probably get flowers delivered or balloons delivered or some sort of hamper delivered. If they lived near me, I'd, I'd wrap some presents and drop them at their door or something like that, I think. Yeah, our neighbours actually did that for Trent, which was so lovely. They saw it was his birthday on Instagram and then Darcy, one of the little boys next door, came over with this, like, donut with a balloon out of it and a happy birthday. I don't even know how they managed to put that together in the time of COVID, but they did. And, like, hand-drawn card, and that was really special. Um, Trent's sister's in Canada and she sent a donut bouquet. So it's like a bouquet of flowers, but it's heaps of different donuts so there were some beautiful deliveries showing up at the door and Trent's love language is gift so he was overwhelmed by walking in and seeing all of this mammoth pile of gifts gifts there that was cool I think also what we need to do with birthdays in ISO is really step up the wishing of the happy birthday so like if you're usually a texter perhaps call yes you know or if you usually just write something on their Facebook wall perhaps just like step it up a notch that's actually a really good point. Like give a FaceTime or, you know, send multiple messages if you don't want to call. But, yeah, it's, it, do a collage or something. I don't know. Yeah. it's yeah. Um, I think 
especially for people that are alone, like you said, whole, like alone in ISO, like the thought of having to sit down and have dinner by myself on my birthday is enough to make me want to cry. Yeah, yeah. And birthdays for Trenny aren't even a big deal. And for so for him to be like, yeah, it doesn't feel like my birthday. I'm like, shit, what about people like me and George that like birthdays are the biggest of the deals, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm even like doing drive-bys the house and like waving and like Did little you things. Did you end up like doing that. the um, honk for Trent and Sue's birthday sign? I'm making the sign today and we're doing, I'm putting it out today. So uh, tomorrow for the party. So anytime someone honks, he has to take a drink. So I'm going <laughs> to, no, I'm going to kill my husband. No, um, I'm going to paint it today and stick it out the front. Honk for his 30th. You're cute. You can get creative. Like you can do cute little things. I've seen videos of like when it's a child's birthday and all their friends like drive up and then like wave out the window and leave the gift and then keep going. It's actually so heavy. Yeah, it's really heavy. But I think, think, yeah, I think it's just about getting inventive with different things. And you can still send presents. Like presents, you know, we need to keep the economy economy alive um, by buying gifts. So why not? Totally. And still get lit. Like, get lit. That's what we'll be doing tomorrow. It's like we'll we'll be partying with our friends. Actually, there's a music festival on for the next three days where you can just join at any time. It's just an online, all these DJs are jumping in and it's really cool. And it just so happens to be the same time as Trent Celebration. So we'll be doing something like that, I think. Yeah, cool. Here's hoping, Jod, that we don't have to do that for you though. (laughs) Oh my God, I hope not. I I think we're going to be okay. I mean, you're not going to be able to come and celebrate with me because bloody Leah hogs that week but um <laughs> Leah. Leah turns 30 the day after George's birthday and it's turns like oh shit 48 <laughs> the day after George turns 48 Leah turns 30 <laughs> you're not turning 48 George. relax um I'll I'll have you next year it's okay yeah I think we'll yeah. be out I think we'll be out by then it'll be fine at the very least I think we'll be able to have gatherings of more than just two people so yeah so we've got our um, Wine Night Tonight in the Middle membership group. We've got another special guest arriving. By the time this goes to air, it will have already happened. But if you missed it, you can always become a middle member and go and check it out. And we've got something exciting happening literally tonight, as in Monday night, which is our group call for the month. And we're talking all oh, yeah. things Twin Flames and Soulmates. So that is happening tonight if you're listening to this on Monday. So if you want to join for that, definitely jump on in. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm so excited. I've got so much to say about it. I know you do, and I love it. I'm so excited about it. You've been listening to The Middle with your host, Holly, as we're fighting at the If you'd like to become a Middle member, you can do so by following the link in the show notes of this episode. Click the link in our Instagram bio, or you can find it in the Middle Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at at the underscore podcast until next week wash your hands stay clean stay safe stay isolated (laughs) hold up 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 